0: Amen. I pray that you all uh, are able to see uh, the love of our Heavenly Father as He laid His Son down for each and every uh, one of us. Um, And I pray that all of our eyes are opened up to that love. so as I mentioned earlier, I missed you all last week. I don't think, uh, I, I thank John uh, for stepping up uh, last week. Um, I texted the elders Saturday morning saying, hey, I really feel quite miserable. I'm not going to be able to be there tomorrow. And John, uh, as always, the, uh, the trusty man, uh, he's able, faithful, uh, able to come in and save the day. So thank you, John, uh, for saving the day last Sunday. He relieved anxiety, stress for, from me. So last weekend, as I wasn't here, uh, we had my family in town for the weekend, and of course that means uh, that we have to uh, get sick. Um, I shared, it appears I was the one who shared uh, the stomach bug with my family, uh, minus my dad and Ezra. I don't know how they stayed in the clear, uh, but they did. Um, If you guys remember last time my family was in town, it was the first weekend in November um, and that was the weekend that a lot of us uh, graciously uh, share uh, COVID-19 with each other. So uh, my family is never going to want to come back to Ohio. The past two times they've come, they've gotten sick. Uh, so they're never going to want to come back. So I'm, I'm just going to have to enjoy my time with you guys here in Ohio. Um, and thank God for technology that I can virtually talk to my family up in Michigan. Um, So we have a lot of information to talk about today. We're we're in the last week of our series. Again, we started a a series, uh, The Power of Habits, and it's based off of uh, the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, um, who actually lives in Columbus, Ohio. And so this is our sixth and final week talking about The Power of Habits. So the first two weeks, as we talked about uh, habits, we, we kind of focused on the why. Why focus on our habits as a church? And the first week, we talked about how small changes, they equal a big difference. So when you implement these small habits, these small changes in our life, that they will make a huge difference in the long run. You may not be able to see the, the changes right away, but they will make a huge difference in the long run. And then the second week, we talked about our, our identity and why our identity is so, so important. Our identity is important in forming our habits, and our habits, vice versa, are important in forming our identity. So we have to really establish who we want to be. Who do we want to be? And hopefully, our desired identity revol- revolves around being a child of God, a Christian, a saint, a disciple of Christ, all of the above, you name it. And so then the past three weeks, after we talked about the why the first two weeks, we talked about the how. How can we establish these habits? How can we establish habits that help us grow closer to God and expand his kingdom? And at the same time, how can we break down these habits that prohibit us from growing closer to God and expanding his kingdom? And we broke it down into four different sections, the cue, the craving, the response, and today we're going to talk about the reward. And so again, today is the end of this talk. I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, going through uh, the series on habits. I've heard a lot of positive feedback from you guys as well. I heard a lot of uh, positive changes from you guys, you guys implementing change in your life. And that is awesome because those small changes that you implement in your life, I'm telling you, they will make a huge difference in the long run. And so after the cue, after the craving, after the response comes the reward, and that is going to be our focus this morning, the reward, the final stage of um, habits. If we use the example of our phones, uh, when our phone buzzes in our pockets, that's the cue. That's the cue saying, hey, uh, there's a message coming, and then comes the craving. Immediately after the cue comes the craving. When that phone vibrates in your pocket, you're like, you have to know who is it that's texting me, who is it that's calling me, that's the craving. And then comes the response, the response when we actually pick up our phone and see who it is that it was trying to get a hold of us. And then finally comes the reward, whether uh, we enjoyed that response, whether we enjoy the communication with the person or not, we are rewarded in a positive manner or a negative manner, one way or the other. And so once we have performed that action, or once we have performed that habit, we are either positively reinforced or we are negatively reinforced. And, and these positive or negative reinforcements, they lead us to either repeat an action or to stop doing an action. I mean, this is Parenting 101. If, if, if you want your kid to repeat an action, then what are you gonna do? You're going, you're going to positively reinforce that action, I love it. Recently, uh, our son Ezra, he's, he started to pray. He, he sees us praying uh, when we eat, when we tuck into bed, we pray with them, and uh, he'll sit and hold his hands there go, blah, 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 and we go, amen, and we go, yay, good job, Ezra. We, we are positively reinforcing that behavior because it's a behavior that we want to be repeated. And he likes it, he likes it when when we reward him for that behavior, telling him doing, that he's doing a good job, keep it up, buddy. I'm sure all of you parents out there can relate to that. On the other hand, when we want a kid to stop doing a certain action, then we need to negatively reinforce them. And this is why we punish kids when they misbehave. Ezra, when, when he was growing up a, a handful of months ago, he, as he was exploring the world, he was constantly, constantly digging into the electronics under the TV. And let me tell you, it took a lot, a lot of negative reinforcement. A lot of me gripping his wrist real tight saying, Ezra, no. No. And it took him a long time. He's a slow learner, very very slow. But he learned. He learned after all that negative reinforcement, he learned that, hey, I need to stop this behavior. And let me tell you, He knows he does not touch the electronics under the TV. Why? It's because of all of that negative reinforcement. That reward at the end of that action, it was very unsatisfying. He did not like what what was associated with him touching the electronics under the TV. And so when we're trying to build a, a good habit in our lives, we need the reward. We need the reinforcement to be satisfying. Like telling your kid, hey, you did a good job, keep it up. That, that is a satisfying reward. So when we're building these habits, they need to be satisfying. The reward needs to be satisfying. And then on the other hand, as James Clear illustrates, when we are trying to break down a bad habit, they need, our reward needs to be unsatisfying. I I, I wish that James Clear would have used a a stronger word here than just unsatisfying, but you guys get the point. A reward that, that is undesirable, a reward that we want to stay away from, like me having to grip my son's wrist real tight, telling him, Ezra, do not touch the electronics under the TV. So good habit, reward satisfying. Bad habit, a reward that is unsatisfying. And so today I'm going to give you guys three practical ways in which you can focus on the rewards being satisfying and three practical ways in which you can make the rewards unsatisfying for bad habits. And, I, and as they're, they're passing those papers out, you can just set them aside. We'll, we'll, get, them, we'll get to them later on in uh, the message. So the first, the three steps that we're going to talk about this morning to help you, the practical ways in which you can make good habits satisfying and bad habits unsatisfying, the first practical step is to have an immediate reward. Immediate reward. So in the long run, nearly all good habits are satisfying. And at the same time, nearly all bad habits in the long run are unsatisfying. The issue comes, though, is is that in the immediate moment, in the immediate moment, these good habits that we apply in our lives, they are not satisfying at all. At the same time, a lot of those bad habits that we have in our life, in the long run, they're unsatisfying, but it's in that moment, it's in that moment that, that these bad habits are satisfying to us. And this is a big issue. Because uh, of the issue of instant gratification. We've talked about the issue of instant gratification before. Our society is training us more and more to instantly gratify the desires that we have in our lives. It's the reason why Esau... Esau, he sold his birthright to his brother Jacob in Genesis. He did that because he was working out in the field, and he was really hungry, and Jacob, his brother, gave him a bowl of stew. And so Esau sold his birthright, the birthright that, that ultimately can be, can be descended from the line of Abraham. He, he sold that birthright just to have a bowl of stew, just because he was hungry, because he wanted to instantly gratify his desire uh, to eat. Because he was a hungry, hungry man. And so that this idea of instant gratification, this idea of these immediate rewards, they can be very, very dangerous because we walk around in our lives and we walk around with blinders. We all walk around with blinders on our eyes and we can't see past the immediate. We can't see the results that are going to come in the next day or weeks or months or years down the road. All we can see frequently is the immediate response that we will receive, the immediate reward. We know that, that when we put that piece of broccoli in our mouth, we know that, ugh, that is not going to taste very good. We, we, we know that immediate response. We know that when we put a cookie in our mouth, we know that, mm, that is going to taste delicious. We don't really contemplate the, the consequences down the line. When we talk about pornography or, or sex outside of marriage, when, when, when we are t- tempted by these desires that we have, we, we don't see past the, the immediate desire that we have as it's satisfying in the moment. But we know days down the line, weeks, months, years down the line, they are extremely unsatisfying as they draw us away from God. And so it's such a big danger when we talk about our immediate rewards because, again, more often than not, these good habits are immediately unsatisfying and bad habits are immediately satisfying. And we need to be aware of that, and we need to try and combat this notion. We need to combat this, and we need to do our best to try and make the good habits immediately rewarding. And we need to try our best to make these bad habits immediately unsatisfying. It's difficult to do. It's not natural. Again, naturally, it works the other way around. So if you're trying to develop a good habit of reading your Bible every day, you you may not be the the biggest fan of reading. It might be a struggle for you to sit down and read a chapter or two of your Bible. So if you're struggling implementing that habit, I would encourage you to reward yourself immediately after you read that chapter or two or three of your Bible. Maybe reward yourself with uh, your favorite drink or your favorite TV show. It's kind of the same idea as the temptation bundling. When we were talking about the craving, we, we, we talked about how you can uh, bundle something that you need to do with something that you want to do. Like we all need to be reading our Bibles, and so maybe to try and lure yourself, to tempt yourself to read your Bible, maybe you connect reading your Bible with drinking your favorite cup of coffee or favorite uh, cup of tea or whatever it may be, or maybe you reward yourself by watching your favorite TV show after you have read your Bible. But whatever it may be, we, we, we need to focus on immediately rewarding ourselves after we have performed a good habit. Because again, we, we, we are our creatures of instant gratification. We can't see past the next five minutes frequently. We need to reward ourselves immediately. And at the same time, when it comes to the bad habits, this is even more difficult, we need to learn to make our bad habits unsatisfying in the moment. Maybe if you want to uh, eat healthier, this is just an easy example, each time you eat an unhealthy snack, maybe you say that, hey, I'm going to go walk for five minutes or I'm going to go eat a veggie with it, whatever it may be. You're going to have to get more creative with this. You're going to have to get more creative in how can we make our bad habits unsatisfying in the moment. Because that is the whole lure, that that is the whole attraction of these bad habits that we have in our life. These habits of sin, the whole lure is that they are satisfying in the moment. When we have a desire uh, uh, of lust or or, or greed or whatever it may be, we want to immediately satisfy that desire. And so we have to try and combat that and get creative. James Clear uh, makes a suggestion that you may want to try making your bad habits public. When you partake in a bad habit, like maybe at least tell a friend or or a group of friends. Let me tell you, that takes guts. But let me tell you again, that will also make those actions way, way more unsatisfying. As we are people, we care what others think about ourselves. And so we need to reward ourselves immediately. A good reward for good habits and a bad reward for bad habits habits. So that's the first practical step. The second practical step in how you can make good rewards satisfying or good habits satisfying and bad habits satisfying is to develop a habit tracker. A habit tracker is important. It is when you check off a habit that you are currently working on. It's kind of the same idea as a to-do list. You know, you get a sense of dopamine running through your body when you check something off signaling that, hey, I accomplished something that I set my mind to, something that I wanted to do. And so I've done a to-do list, but to be uh, honest with you, I've never tracked my habits before. I- I've never sat down and, s- and saw how many times I've read my Bible consecutively or how many times I've prayed or read a book, whatever it may be. I- I've never tracked my habits before. Does anybody, ha- does anybody here have any experience in tracking their habits? Raise your hand if you've tracked your habits before. So just a a, a couple of you guys. Well, this is something that that I look forward to implementing in in my life and, and tracking these habits as it's satisfying. Uh, in the uh, Enneagram a personality test, I- I'm a number three. I'm an achiever. I love to achieve things. I'm driven by success. I'm driven by achieving different things in life. And so I love checking things off. I love that sense of, of dopamine running through my body. And so starting tomorrow, Jamie and I are actually going to start tracking our habits that we want to measure together. And if you're like me and and you've never tracked your habits before, I would suggest starting small and simple. Only track a couple of habits. Don't track 20 different habits that that you want to apply in your life. Yeah, it would be awesome if you could uh, apply all 20 of those habits in your life. But start small and start simple. And I encourage every single one of you guys here, I'd encourage you all to track your habits of praying and reading your Bible. In my eyes, those two habits, they need to be habits that we are focusing on. Praying and reading God's Bible. Because every single Christian needs to develop a habit of praying and reading God's Bible. Coming, coming to church once a week, that, that, that's not enough. That's not enough. That, that's not acceptable. We, we need to have individual uh, study in God's Word, and we need to be seeking that relationship with God on an individual basis through prayer. And so start small, start simple with with tracking your habits, but I would please recommend, I please encourage you guys to track your habit of praying and track your habit of reading your Bible as well. And maybe for you, those are the only two habits that you want to track. And if you effectively track those two habits of praying and reading your Bible, that is a huge mission success. But maybe for some of you, you want to add a couple of different habits that you want to track as well. Me personally, I'll be tracking five habits that that I've established. I'll be tracking uh, my prayer life. I'll be tracking uh, me reading the Bible, reading any other book, um, not in the Bible, working out, and waking up in time. Keeping it simple, just five habits that I want to implement in my life and track on a daily basis. And at the same time, if you are someone who struggles with a particular sin, if you're someone who is lured into the temptation to, to one particular sin, that encourage you to track that habit, track that behavior as well. See how many times you, you can resist that temptation of that bad habit that you have in your life. And when you keep track of your habits that, that you're tracking in your life, try to build a streak and don't break the chain. When I was in high school and college, Snapchat was becoming quite popular. Raise your hand if you've heard of Snapchat. It's basically a social media app where you send pictures to your friends, you talk to your friends, and it keeps track of whether or not you have a street going with one of your friends. And when I was in high school and college, I heard time and time again of my friends talking about, oh, I have a 100-day streak communicating with my friends. And that was just all the rage when I was in high school. What was your Snapchat streak? Um, I didn't care too much uh, about that. But a lot of people, they, they, were, they were getting excited about this Snapchat streak that they had. And so in the same sense, I would encourage you to focus on a habit streak. Get excited about accomplishing your habit of reading your Bible 10 days in a row. Get excited about that. Keep that that street going and don't break the chain. And when you're keeping track of your habits, never miss twice. Never miss twice. When life throws whatever at you and you aren't able to do a habit, do your best to get back on track immediately. Because the second that you miss a habit twice in a row, now all of a sudden guess what? You're starting a new habit. You're starting a new habit of not praying. You're starting a new habit of not reading your Bible. And so never miss twice. Do all that you have to never miss twice because the second you miss two times in a row, you are now developing a new habit of not praying, not reading, whatever habit you are trying to track. And so they handed uh, you guys out, uh, everyone should have uh, a habit tracker here. This is just one example of a habit tracker. This is a habit tracker uh, that James Clear um, composed. Um, I'll put it in the church email uh, this week, um, the link to this tracker, if you like it. I like it. It's free. It's simple. I'm a simple man. You, you just track your habits. You, you uh, indicate which month you are in and the different habits, and you just check off how many times you have accomplished that habit. So you can, you you don't have to use this tracker. I'll give you uh, the site to where you can access it uh, from here on out, but this is the tracker uh, that I'll be using as again, it's free, it's easy, it's simple, I like uh, simple things. Um, But there's really a lot of good habit trackers out there. It's becoming more of a popular trend tracking your habits. So you don't have to use this one, it's free, I like how it's structured. Um, but you can go find another one. There's some journals out there. James Cleary has a journal uh, of a habit tracker. There's also a lot of digital options. If you're someone who likes uh, to look at things on your phone or computer, whatever it may be, there's a lot of digital habit trackers as well. Type habit tracker on your app store, on your phone, and, and there are tons and tons of options of how you can track your habits. But I'd really encourage you guys to start tracking your habits. I'm excited personally to, to start tracking our habits tomorrow. It's a perfect time to do so tomorrow. It's March 1st, the beginning of a month. And I'd encourage you, just try one month. Try one month. Try all of the month of March to track your habits of praying and reading your Bible and any other habits that you would like to track. But it's a perfect time to get started right now. So that's the second practical step and making these good habits satisfying and bad habits unsatisfying. And then the, the final practical step that we'll talk about this morning is having an accountability partner, an accountability partner. We have to have someone that we trust that can hold us accountable. And for our purpose of developing good habits and breaking down uh, bad habits, it might it might work best to find an accountability partner with someone within the church, someone who is putting their focus on these habits as well. As these past six weeks, we've all had a focus on habits. And so hopefully we all have that, that passion for these habits right now. And so hopefully you can find someone within the church to track your habits with, to to, to keep you accountable. I mentioned that Jamie and I, we're gonna be uh, tracking our our habits together. And so we are going to be able to hold each other accountable. I'm physically going to be able to see if Jamie's read her Bible today or if she's prayed today. She's physically going to be able to see if I prayed and if I read my Bible today, and we can hold each other accountable. It's, it's a beautiful part of a, of a relationship. You, you can hold one another accountable. You can hold each, the other person to the standard that you see fit. And so I'd encourage you to find a trusted family member, trust a friend, maybe a spouse, whatever it may be, maybe a trusted coworker or someone within the church. Find someone that will hold you accountable. And it has to be someone who's not going to be afraid to tell you, hey, you need to step up your game. You haven't been doing a good job of reading or praying or whatever it may be. It needs to be someone that you're close enough, that you have a close enough relationship that's not too scared to tell you, hey, come on, step up your game. At the same time, it needs to be someone that you're not too, too afraid to admit the bad habits in your life. You know, a part of, of keeping someone accountable is you want them to uh, implement these good habits, but at the same time, you want to make sure that they're staying away from some of the bad habit, habits that tempt them in their lives. And so when you report to your account- accountability partner that you read your Bible every day this past week, let me tell you that it's going to be so, so satisfying. It will be so satisfying as you check it off day in and day out and and you go to your spouse or your friend or brother or sister, family member, mom or dad, child, whatever it may be. I'm telling you, it will be so satisfying to say, Hey, check it out. I read my Bible every day of the week. And if you do slip up from time to time, That's what an accountability partner is for, to to kick you in the right direction and, and, and to motivate you and encourage you to continue these good habits that you have in your life and to stay away from the bad habits. So I'd encourage you guys all to find an accountability partner. That's another great way in which we can make these rewards satisfying, the the, the rewards of good habits satisfying, and another way in which we can make these bad habits unsatisfying. So again, the three ways, immediate reward, a habit tracker, and accountability partner, three three great ways to keep you on track. So these past four weeks, as we've been talking about these habits, we've effectively showed how to build good habits and how to break down bad habits. Again, this information was from the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. I'd recommend the read. I know a handful of you guys have read that. Um, but the, the other sheet uh, that should have been handed out to you guys as well is uh, the Habits Cheat Sheet. And this covers a lot of the information that, that we have covered, front and back. It covers how to create a good habit and how to break a bad habit. And it covers those four steps, the cue, the craving, the response, and the reward. And so i encourage you guys to, to uh, hold on to this. We didn't cover all of the information uh, due to time, but this is a good review of the material that we have covered. And I pray, it's my prayer, that we all can develop habits of growing closer to God and expanding his kingdom. Because, again, this is what it is all about. It's all about growing closer to God and expanding his kingdom. And it's my prayer, it's been my prayer, it will continue to be my prayer that we can all establish habits in our life that enable us to grow closer to God and expand his coming kingdom. As we've been talking about our habits uh, these, these past six weeks, I was reminded of the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27, Paul writes, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating in the air, but... I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So here Paul, uh, in this letter to the church in in Corinth, he he is talking about these athletes, these athletes that train day in and day out for a perishable wreath for a prize that that has an end, for a perishable wreath or trophy, reward, whatever it may be. And they put all this work, they put all this effort, uh, athletes back then, athletes today, probably even all the more, they put in all this work for something that's perishable, something that doesn't last. But we, on the other hand, as Paul illustrates, we are working we are disciplining ourselves as we have a prize. We are running a race and that race the prize is imperishable. It's a prize that has no end. It's the prize of the kingdom of God where everything wrong with this world is going to be made right, death included. That's the prize that we are in it. And so we need to discipline ourselves. We need to discipline our bodies and keep it under control. We need to develop these habits in our life. We need to discipline ourselves saying, hey, we need, I need to read my Bible on a daily basis. We need to discipline ourselves saying, hey, I need to pray to God on a daily basis. It takes discipline. It takes self-control. But let me tell you, it is oh so worth it because we are running a race in which its prize is imperishable the coming kingdom of God at the conclusion of our lives it's my prayer that we can all repeat the words of Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7 as Paul writes i have fought the good fight i have finished the race i have kept the faith let's pray Father God, I just pray that uh, you motivate each and every one of us here this morning, Father. I pray that we can all learn uh, to implement these good habits that enable us to grow closer to you and to expand your coming kingdom. At the same time, Father, I pray that we can discipline our bodies so, so that we can stay away from these bad habits that draw us away from you and draw us away from your coming kingdom. And Father, I pray that everybody here, everybody watching online, I pray that we can all repeat the words of your servant, Paul, that we have fought the good fight, that we have finished the race, and that we have kept the faith. Father, let that be our prayer this morning. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.